Welcome to the Mordcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. If you want some of that 2017 Cabernet or Blake Street Blend, they've got that for you there. If your thing is white, they've got whites, they've got Rieslings, they've got uh, basically anything you need. Um, you have Pinot Noir, which is uh, the specialty of California, but they have every sort of wine that you need in a local wine uh, bar, in particular some partnerships with Western Slope uh, wineries, if you like that taste of Colorado, Restoration, uh, Storm Cellars, uh, and uh, Colteris and, and more. Um, they've just they've got some really really good partnerships with Colorado wineries, but they also got their own wine, wine which is I, I got to tell you just as good. Um, they are at bfwdenver.com, where you can uh, go book a virtual wine tasting if you're into that, or you can uh, pick yourself up a bottle. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, shout out to uh, Alec, Gwyn, and uh, uh, Omar on uh, Twitter for giving me this idea to talk about George Carl being elected to the Hall of Fame. Um, I covered George Carl for the last three years of his—no, excuse me, four years of his uh, time in Denver— and um, George, uh, to, to describe George would not be to do George Carl justice. Um, ben Hawkman uh, could probably tell you a lot more in further detail about the intricacies of the uh, intricacies, intricacies of um, the nuanced personality of George Carl. Um. I I cannot do that to his level. I can speak to what I know of George, which was limited mostly to what he answered in press conferences when I asked questions. And uh, from those uh, breakfasts that Andy Feinstein, Nate Timmons, and myself would have with George in the off-seasons. And I think we had three of them. We would have them at Zadie's. Uh, uh, deli uh, slash breakfast place in uh, Cherry Creek, which is sadly no longer there, victim of the pandemic. But um, it, it was then that those we would have those in about 2011, 2012, and 2013, I think, uh, or maybe it was 10, 11, and 12. But anyway, um, we would have these breakfasts with George. And uh, you really got to know George on a on a different level then, because he would just level with you and talk about you know you know things that you're not able to talk about on the record. Um, but it was more about getting to know George. And um, <coughs> excuse me, but I, I can't speak to George in any sort of way, personality wise, beyond um, my limited interactions with him at the time. Um, George Carl, what I can talk about is uh, his effect uh, on the city of Denver and the Denver Nuggets. And this is something people need to understand, particularly people who are big fans of Carmelo Anthony. Um, The Denver Nuggets hit a big 
regression in the 2004-2005 season. Um, there is a reason Jeff Bizdelic was fired, and it was not nece- it wasn't just because he Kiki wanted him to play a running style, and Jeff Bizdelic didn't want to do it. Um, there was a difference in philosophy about drafting and all this stuff, and it was just it was coming to a head. Jeff Bazilic was great for a rebuilding squad. Um, that 2002-2003 Nuggets team um, is right up there with the 97-98 Nuggets with worst teams, uh, but they managed to win 17, and that team in 2000 in, in 1998 won 11. Um, you could argue that coaxing an additional six wins out of that Nuggets team in 2002-3 was uh, a miracle. But the Denver Nuggets win uh, after they made that playoff appearance against the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, they went backwards. and They started the year really poorly, um, really lethargically. Uh, to my memory, and uh, Kiki and uh, Kiki Vandeweghe and uh, Jeff Bazilic were not getting along. So out goes um, Jeff Bazilic. I think about thirty games into the season, no, maybe less than that, uh, a little less than that. And then uh, Michael Cooper takes over, and it's a complete disaster. Um, Cooper just, you know, he was clearly in the interim, but he didn't have the attention of the players, kind of like Adrian Dantley later in 2010. And um, he ends up uh, being replaced by George Carl. Very similar to George uh, and how he essentially replaced Michael Malone in 2015. It's very similar kind of track um, there uh, because uh, uh, Sam Mitchell was the interim between uh, uh, Michael Malone and, uh, or was it, who, was it Sam Mitchell? Who was that? Uh, no, okay, well, I forget. But anyway, there was the interim coach, and then George ended up taking over that year in Sacramento. Things went decidedly different for George then. But George took over, and the team went like 31-6 and six or something like that. So it was an insane record. Absolutely insane record, and they finished with 49 wins in 2005 uh, with a team that, by the way, that 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 year they acquired um, 2004 off seasons when they acquired Kenny Martin. They finished the year um, with 49 wins, was the which was the most wins they'd had since uh, the 80s, believe it or not, and uh, they end up getting knocked out by the Spurs in the first round. And this that leads to the 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 yin and the yang of George Carl. The 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 Nuggets by and large were a team that had a young leadership uh, you know despite having Andre Miller on the team. The te- the the Nuggets really had young le- leadership with Carmelo and obviously George's relationships with superstar players is well documented. His up and down relationships with Joe Barry Carroll, with uh, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, with with uh, particularly Ray Allen, uh, and obviously with George, with uh, Carmelo Anthony, there is uh, there is some of this that comes with George, and it is a it is a the best way to describe it is I think George, his intention is to always win. And George has got better 
results out of home. Uh, in fact, he got better results out of kind of mediocre Nuggets teams, particularly from about 2005 to about 2000, uh, the, the Iverson years. The, the Nuggets had a lot of talent, but they weren't exactly great. Um, and George actually coaxed a lot of wins, at, particularly regular season wins out of those. That 2007-8 team uh, ended up winning 50 games and getting the only the eight spot that year, which was, which was insane. Um, and, you know, look, I'm not going to go through George's entire career with Denver. It was eight and a half years of, of ups and ups and downs. And by the time he left, he left on a high note, believe it or not, um, winning 57 games and the most in franchise history, excuse me, most in NBA franchise history. And, um, then just getting fired in the off season because the Nuggets wanted to go a different direction. And, the, the 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 overall arc of George and Denver is is really interesting because it follows Carmelo Anthony, but it doesn't. The fact that the Nuggets were able to maintain success post Carmelo that two and a half seasons post Carmelo is pretty pretty stunning when you think about it because um, essentially the Nuggets it, it has been said that the Nuggets were looking to remain competitive, and I don't necessarily think that's true. I think the Nuggets thought they had some good pieces, but I don't think the Nuggets felt that they were going, particularly Masai Ujiri, I don't believe he felt that the Nuggets had him. And there's a reason he said after the Carmelo Anthony trade that they got killed. Um, And uh, that's exactly Masai's um, quote. Uh, George Carl's best ever coaching job in Denver was the... um, year of the melodrama of the Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, how he held that team together is beyond me because the extraneous pressures on the Denver Nuggets, uh, at that time, particularly with him coming off of cancer, uh, another bout with cancer, um, that robbed him of coaching a good Nuggets team in the, uh, playoffs. There is a there is no way that team should have won 50 games that year. There's no there's no way that game the team should not have, it should have won 50 games. Uh, and they went 19 and six post trade, which is remarkable. And uh, that is a tribute to George Carl. And you can point to a lot of faults and on the second half of this podcast, we'll talk about some of them. But his his virtues were enough to where the the Nuggets were always competitive, even if they had mediocre teams. George knew how to maximize the altitude in Denver, and he knew how to do it in a way that guaranteed a good home. Um, um, If you look at the top, and I talked about this uh, on the last podcast, the um, the of the top thirty. home records in the uh, of Nuggets history, George Carl's eight years are all in the top 30 in home wins, which is, which is remarkable, really remarkable when you think about it. Um, th- those are uh, NBA franchise history, by the way. So all those are, are just, it, it's, it's, a, it's amazing when you think about it, that they were able to continue that much success at home. It, it was in keeping with uh, 
Doug Moe's uh, 80s nuggets that, you know, be great at home and manage on the road, basically, is what they were doing. So, the George in 2010-11, what he was able to do in holding that team together ranks up there with the best coaching jobs in Denver Nuggets history. And if we look at back on that objectively as Nuggets fans, we will acknowledge that George had everything stacked against him, uh, had a team that which was notoriously emotional and uh, had, let's say, intense personalities in it uh, due to the um, uh, composition of that uh, team uh, from uh, Mark Workentine and Rex Chapman. You had a team that was that was that was volatile and somehow through the sheer force of just his will held that team together. I saw George at, um, there was this place called the big game in Denver. It was, uh, I think it was December, 2010. And uh, it was during the height of the melodrama, which went, seems like it went on longer than it did. It only went from July to February when he was traded. But it seemed like it took two years. Um, that's the emotional toll it took on Andy, Nate, and myself. Uh, uh, that's a, it's a subject that I promise we'll get into later. Um, but this, I remember seeing them and just seeing how, how, the entire Nuggets team was there. There was, a, it was this was this event that I I was able to go to, and you could see the emotional toll that it took on the team, and yet they were together. Weirdly, um, it it was remarkable to see that this team was it was they were muddling through, and ended up after the post trade thing getting fifty wins. And let me revisit a point. Uh, when I said that I don't think the intention was to stay competitive, I, I, I have revised it since um, that I was covering at the time. If anyone looks at my Denver Stiffs articles in 2011, you'll see that I was very bullish on it, primarily because I was very happy with the acquisition of Danilo Gallinari and Wilson Chandler. But I don't think the intention was to stay afloat. I think the intention was to get better picks, get a superstar, and um, head into that way, or at least have enough acquired talent to trade for a, a superstar. George did so well at the end of that year that I think it changed the way the Masai Ujiri thought about that Nuggets team. Because in the next offseason, they acquired Rudy Fernandez. They tried to remain. Now, that was influenced by the lockout, uh, which followed that, that next offseason. But that 2012 Nuggets team, which played 66 games, was you know, managed to get into the sixth seed um, and duke it out with the Los Angeles Lakers in a uh, series they should... If Ron Artest doesn't come back in Game 7, I fully believe the Nuggets would have won that series. But, say la vie. But the Nuggets ended up 
coming into the next year and then trading Aaron Aflalo and and uh, midway through the previous year for um, JaVale McGee and creating this stew that was the 57-win team. And it was interesting to to watch that team evolve and interesting to watch it as it as it related to George because I think George was coaching the hell out of that team. And I think it's one of the, since they lost in the first round, uh, largely due to Daniel Gallinari um, tearing his ACL, and the, uh, uh, the 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 Warriors becoming the Warriors. I think what we what we need to realize is that that was a great coaching job because there was no superstar on that team, not not a single one. The starless Nuggets managed to win fifty seven games, which could be. Because he doesn't uh, right right below his finals appearance in 1996 with the Sonics as great achievements, but on the on the other hand, you know there is the personality of George, and he did rub rub players, superstars, and probably some executives the wrong way, and that is ultimately probably what led to him no longer being in Denver. Um. It is remarkable how it all ended up coming into where we are right now. It took the Nuggets a long time to recover from disassembling that 2013-14 team, taking a different approach, acquiring enough talent. It was, it was a process. It took five years, really, for it to start coming into focus. Um. And it didn't come to fruition until the eighteen nineteen season when they um, made the second round. It was it was really a long process, uh, and Tim Connolly deserves a lot of credit of acquiring talent to get to where the Nuggets are right now. But that tells you what George Carl was doing at the time because that that two thousand thirteen fourteen team was largely the same team, and even the next year. There wasn't a ton of acquisitions that um, uh, Tim Connolly made to fundamentally alter that team. Um, it was just when you look at it and you look at how what how the scenario ended up, this Nuggets team um, was coached the hell out of by George Carl in 2012-13. Now, uh, one day I'll do a, a full-length podcast and, and deep dive with audio clips into the 12-13 end of the season and into the playoffs, which was um, a chaotic and weird um, and time and into the off season. But this Nuggets team, um, really, it took them a long time to adjust to not having George. You know, Danilo Gallinari was out for a full season. But not having George there to keep the keep the boat afloat was, was huge. Um, this, the Nuggets fundamentally went in a different direction, and now obviously to their benefit, but um, I think I happen to believe that those Nuggets teams would have won at least 40 games if George was still there. Um, there, it just wasn't, they were, they were trying a different thing. And we can do- debate about the, the, the wiseties of that, but they ended up with what they've got right now and which you can't, which is unassailable. George was undoubtedly one of the greatest coaches in Nuggets history. And 
right, and I, and I think it's he and Doug Moe are probably neck and neck. Michael Malone and Larry Brown are behind both of those guys. Um, it's hard to uh, uh, undersell how good and um, how good and um, consistently competitive those Carl Nuggets teams were. Consistently competitive. Yes, I ended up writing for a site that halfway was responsible for um, a name that I won't mention um, that riled George up. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, we're very lucky to have had George here. And George being in, George Carl being in Denver benefited the city of Denver and it benefited the Denver Nuggets in, in tremendous ways. It just didn't turn into playoff success, which was probably the fundamental reason George Carl was ended up being let go. Um, but what if, you know, we have to think about it, folks. If, if Danilo Gallinari doesn't tear his ACL, I've talked, did a podcast on this. If he doesn't tear his ACL and Kenneth Fareed and Ty for that matter, go into the playoffs fully healthy. I think the Nuggets win that series against the Warriors because I don't think the Warriors were ready at that point. I think they became ready subsequently. But I don't I think the Nuggets going out was largely due to their injury situation and David Lee getting hurt. And it kind of kind of changed the way the NBA was. That series was the most consequential series in the modern NBA, and I consider the modern NBA post-2012. Uh, it, it shook the NBA, and it fundamentally offered it. And it's a remarkable to me how different it would have been if Gallo was healthy. And if, because the, 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 what the, they did to the Nuggets is that they were able to go play Draymond at center and make stretch the Nuggets out. If they have Gallo there... They have, and and they have. They could deal with Andrew Bogut, uh, clogging the middle. But that if they have Gallo there, the Nuggets' ability to do other things would have not been impacted. And uh, it's amazing that turnkey moment where it's just fundamentally different, fundamentally changed. George Carl's Hall of Fame career may look different if the Nuggets win that series. And go on to the second round against the Spurs, which they which they would have obviously lost to. But who knows? It's one of those sliding doors things, and 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 you never know what would happen. You never know what ha- would happen. Maybe George would have still been here. Maybe Masai Jerry doesn't leave. You never know. Uh, it the Nuggets delay the ascendancy of the of the uh, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> There's just so many things. George Carl was great as a coach and great for the city of Denver. A lot of people can talk to him about George Carl in a more intimate way than I can. Even a um, friend of the podcast, Adam Mares, could probably do that because uh, he's been doing that podcast with George. Uh, but in my experience and in my limited interactions with him, he, f- he was a great coach and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, George Carl, on being elected to the Naismith Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, well-deserved. And um, also for his time in Seattle, those Seattle teams were awesome. And uh, uh, 
I'm glad the Nuggets were able to uh, rain on his parade in 1994, though. So, uh, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.